Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Beach Token podcast. I'm yeah. super happy here to have Ishmael Abdallah, who is calling us from Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. For those of you who've been following our social media, you might have seen um, pictures of their cleanups they've been organizing. Um, Ishmael is the vice president of an organization called Faulu Productions, which we're going to hear an awful lot more about from Ishmael. So welcome, welcome to the podcast, Ishmael. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Ismail Abdallah, as uh, Mr. Rob has introduced me I to you to exchange more about our work and about our status. Thank you. It's been, I mean, personally, it's been really nice for me getting to know you, Ishmael, through our conversations. We worked out that we're exactly the same age. Um, we're both born in 1991, born on other sides of the world in very different circumstances. But I don't know, I feel a real um, bond with you, Ishmael, and it's super nice to be getting to know you. Okay, thank you, thank you. I too. Okay, well, um, by the name Ismail Abdallah, I was born in 1991. Amamel, married. And you've just had a baby boy, haven't you? Yes, <laughs> with a baby who was just born recently. <laughs> is what one week old now? Yeah, it is. Yeah, my baby is now one eight days. <laughs> How incredibly exciting! How's your wife feeling? Yeah, surely my wife is doing well. My wife is doing well at the same to the baby. The baby, she's also doing well. I'm happy to have started with a baby boy. And it's your first child, right? He's my first child, of course. You and your wife, both refugees from the DRC. I know that also the organization of Faolu Productions is founded and run by um, refugees all from the DRC. Can you tell us why you had to leave the DRC and, and what, what, how you became a refugee? Okay, surely I was born in DR Congo, in the northern Katanga, Katanga, the middle rich province of DR Congo, in a certain city called Kalemi. Okay, but uh, it is unfortunate that uh, in 1997, my father passed away due to some local conflicts of which my family was a victim. As you can know, my father was to inherit the chiefdom from their family. As it, as it was, uh, as our family, it is the heir to that, uh, to that uh, position, it's that traditional position. So during such a conflict, and uh, it was again in the time of uh, war, liberation war between Laurent Kabila and uh, President Mobutu. So in such a heavy conflict, military conflict, my father was assassinated by then. Anyway. And did you leave with your, with your mother and your brothers and sisters? Of course, uh, after then, we had to run with my mother and my siblings up to Tanzania, where we stayed uh, in Kigoma province for, for a couple of years, actually. And uh, from then, I had to get educated for some primary school education up to Form 1. Reaching in 2007, we had to get repatriated back in our home country, that is DR Congo. So upon our arri arrival, we had to persevere to the condition since we had to move from the, our local area to the next in order to avoid and separate ourselves from those conflicts so that they could not again come and harm us. But uh, unfortunately, the people whom we used to run, some of them they were from our family, others were from other neighboring tribes. So 
they doubted themselves. Maybe these people, since they have now get repatriated back here, they will come again and they start complaining about their chiefdom. Do you see, is that a matter? Mm. Maybe they will come again and start complaining about their farms. But uh, as a male born in that uh, family, I was the most targeted victim. So they saw you as a threat, basically. Of course, they considered me as a threat. From then, they started uh, hunting after my life. My God. So it is one unfortunate. How, how old they, were you then, Ishmael? By then, in 2000, uh, 2000, they started running after me in 2009. I was uh, 1991 up to 2009. I don't know, 18 years. Wow. I was still 18 years. So reaching to 2010, I saw the matters went worse, whereby I was almost speared on my left leg. So after that incident, I had to think twice rapidly. If I would have waited for too long, maybe my life also would have become an history. Mm. So reaching in 2010, July, I was, uh, I was attacked at night while sleeping in my uncle's home by some bandits whom after very tough investigation, we came and uh, found that they were from the people whom we used to have with them some conflict. Mm. And evaluating the whole stories and the political and the military condition of the DR Congo up to now, it is a country with much instability. It is a loss, lawlessness country. Mm. whereby it is full of injustice or mm. there is no good or proper protection of human rights. When I decided to leave in 2010, I was by then 19 years, my brother. I was 19 years because I left the DR Congo in, by August 2010. So I was just 19 years. So by then I had to move from DR Congo and think where I can get refuge again. So I had again to cross the Lake Tanganyika to Tanzania. But it is unfortunately that when we reach there, the government were not able again to receive refugees. And were you, so, did you leave, did you leave um, the DRC on your own or with your family or with, with other people you knew or was it just yourself? Of course, uh, in DR Congo, I left with some of my family members. Hmm. We were in number five. But when we reach in Tanzania, as soon as our refugee state, our refugee request of ours has been rejected there in Tanzania, some of my brothers had to go along up to Zambia. Two of them are now in Namibia, in the refugee camp of Namibia. Mm -hmm. But since they refused, we had nothing to do. We had to think something else and the way I will get our refuge and continue our life in a good condition. So Mr. Rob, after that time, I was 19 years by August 2010. So I had to think twice. And uh, the response came in my mind that uh, I had also to look for another country whereby I can get protected. It is uh, during that time, the, there was uh, a certain preachers coming from Kisumu in Nairobi, going up to Tanzania. As soon as they were, they were through with what took them to Tanzania, to Tanzania, they had to return back, I had to approach them. So some of them understood my plea and they, they had to facilitate my travel from Tanzania to Kenya. It is from then and it is through their vehicles that we traveled from Kigoma in, the, in Tanzania up to Kisumu in Kenya.
and from Kisumu, they had to contribute some money up to Nairobi. And reaching to Nairobi, we had to go ourselves up to Nairobi to, to the UNCCR main office there. We reported our case, they recorded down, and they saw better to have received us the refugees. We were to travel up to Kakuma. So from October on the 15th, 15th of October, 2010, I was officially registered as a refugee here in Kakuma refugee camp where I live up to now. And your five, your family members are still with you there in the camp as well? Of course, here in the camp, I'm living with some three of my family members. While the rest of my elder brother and young boy's brother are in Namibia currently. And so you haven't seen them in 12 years, is that right? In 12 years, we have not yet met, but uh, now we used to communicate through WhatsApp at some time when we are, we are lucky to get some bundles for communication. And since you've been in um, Kakuma refugee camp, you and some other refugees haven't just been sitting around waiting for something to happen. You've actually founded and created something really beautiful yourselves. How did yes, you start um, Faolu Productions and how did, it, how did the idea come together? Thank you. Thank you for the question, sir. So once reaching in Kakuma refugee camp from 2010, I saw, no, I'm still a young boy. I, I had to go to school and get more knowledge. So I had to join the Salesians, eh? Don Bosco, the Catholic Missionaries Institution, whereby I started plumbing engineering. I, I had to go at school in the morning at Don Bosco and then in the afternoon in order to get uh, to become fluent in English because by then I used to speak very little English. What's clearly where, worked, Ishmael. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a very I had a very big dream for my life. It is because of the condition whereby I happened to become like this. So, but I was thinking to, to do something amazing to the world. But anyway, no matter, I'm not so behind them. By God's grace, I can do something. Upon completion of my grade two of plumbing engineering, I had to return back to Kakuma. So I saw no, I had to continue on doing something else because in my, in my life, I was dreaming one day to become a, a community development agent. So what can I do in order to, to make my dream, my childhood dream to become true? It is from then, my idea of making this humanitarian service became true. Tell us about the other founders and, and how did it start, Faulu Productions? And what, okay, you, what is it you. that you guys are doing in the camp? Okay, thank you. So by 2014 also, I joined another course from the Georgetown University. It was on psychosocial case management and the project management. So upon co after completing that, I had to join another diploma course from the Cambridge International College. It was sponsored by another organization here where I did project, manage, project leadership and management. So reaching by 2015, I and other colleagues of mine, we sat down and we saw, no, we had to come up with something that will, uh, will be of great help to the community. Starting from 2013, 2012, I'm sorry, we have been a group of, we have been had a group of theater and the drama whereby we used to dramatize, making theater, making fun, something like that. So reaching by 2015, June, we saw no, we had to sit down and expand this small group into something that will be beneficial to the whole community. It is from then the idea of making this organization known as Faulu Productions came through. 
so it started doing theatre with with young with kids in the camp or in the camp and then slowly has evolved now you have a preschool as well of course so reaching by 2015 june we created the faulu productions as a community based organization and uh, we had more members reaching up to 26 if i can't forget so we had to take our status to the government we get fully registered and uh, after then we initiated our programs uh, by then we started with five main programs uh, agriculture and permaculture environment education women empowerment and the youth for development those are those were the five main programs we were running so i and other colleagues created this faulu productions as a community as a non-profit community based organization and the other that founders was, are also all from the the drc as well aren't they yes in terms of other founders they are mostly from drc and we had one more from the burundi mm. and another one from sudan those are the founders i'm sorry and another one from the somalia so what do you think um of all the things that faulu productions has has achieved what do you think is the what is the one that you're the most proud of of course uh, up to now we are proud of our pray or preschool of which we have been running for the past 3 years we have been able to offer with kindergarten education to preschoolers here in the camp for more than 450 wow. formal education in addition to that we have been also able to provide up to 150 learners for permitted program during holiday Mm. so that is one of the program we are proud of and we found you in november i think i believe and yes. um we've been um funding part of your environment program um yes. could you tell um tell the listeners what the funding has enabled you to do and, and why the partnership with beach token is important since our creation of this organization of ours called productions we have been having some project in related to environment mostly on tree planting and the plastic collection but the activity had much difficulties to continue due to lack of support or financial matters because at some, at most point we had to do something as volunteers but since we happened to create to forge partnership with the beach token things changed drastically whereby instead of just working for free we had to get a motivation that is first and four more things that i will wish to appreciate the beach token team we, we, it's really important you know we feel that picking up litter and recycling and looking after the environment and planting trees is important and so why sure. why should we expect people to do that for free when as a as a banker moving digits around on a screen you can get paid hundreds of thousands you know that doesn't make sense to us if you're doing valuable work you should receive proper pay sure sure and that is something we really up to now can't believe because at most point when you get we get in agreement with most agencies they used to tell you no you should wait before you get maybe some stipend some motivation but kobich token was really different by the same week we created a partnership at the same time we started to get the motivation so this is something really and we appreciate it so since we met with the beach token it was by november last year we had to create a partnership 
and uh, we had to engage 20 women. And the 20 women had to get involved into plastic collection in order to fight for the pollution, plastic pollution. So this is a really an amazing job that the Beach Token is surely doing. Well, so are you, Ishmael, and you, you know, we're so proud to be partnering with you and the amazing stuff you're doing. And it's just, it's such a lovely position to be in to work with someone like you. It's really, you know, it's really inspiring. And every time I see your videos and your pictures of the cleanup, it makes us happy. So we're really happy to have you on board. Um, final question, Ishmael, I want to ask, what are your sort of next, what are the next steps you think for the partnership? What would you like to do next? How would you like to grow and build it? Surely, in terms of this partnership uh, with Beach Token, the first one, it is about recycling of the plastic collected. The second one, since this is an, in, an environmental activity, and here in the refugee Kakuma, surely, we are living in a very dirty condition whereby no public cleaners, no what what. If this sounded well to be token, apart from the 20 women engaged for the cleanup and the plastic waste or the collectors, may you please think on how to get another group that might be working on solid community, solid, solid waste workers. Maybe digging some public dustbin in order to offer nice access for the community to go and throw the rubbish there inside, something like that. So actually, Ishmael, I've been speaking to the team and we've decided already we'd love to um, offer to fund an extra 10 workers per week, um, 10 women per week. So if you decide that you have another area you want to clean the camp or you want to carry out your plan, like you say, then we're more yes. than happy to fund an extra 10 people per week. Okay, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, no, I just realized I hadn't <laughs> shared that with you until now. But um, but yeah, that's absolutely great. Like we're really, we're really excited about the partnership. And we're yes. really excited as well to start thinking about what we can do with the with the plastic waste when we gather it. Um, so yes. I know that you've been thinking a bit about this. Do you want to share with the listeners some of the ideas you've got for how we can repurpose the plastic that you gather? So yeah, before I respond to that, Rob. So you said that uh, you have uh, spoken to the team, maybe we can add 10 more women. Mm -hmm. Yes, per week. Mm -hmm. That is something amazing. That is something <laughs> amazing. But why not 15, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Worth a try, right? Worth a try. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us the, the next step with the recycling and what you think you can do, oh, you can do with the plastic. In terms of recycling for the plastic we have been collecting, I think, sir, we have three options of which we have been running up and down to see how we can make it possible. The first one, we were thinking on recycling, whereby we could get maybe plastic uh, plastic plates, plastic cups through mm -hmm. the plastic collected. And uh, we have been doing a lot of research to see how, how it can be possible here on the ground. That is the first option. The second option, sir, we were thinking of making plastic bricks. Excellent. Okay. And option number three? And option number three and the last option from our side, we were thinking on how to start making art through this plastic we are collecting. I like the plastic plate and cup idea. I mean, I wonder how, how if that's possible. That would be amazing. Um, certainly some art as well. We'd love to you know, share your art on social media so the community can see what you guys are up to. Um, okay, thank but you. 
But Ishmael, I just want to say, you know, it's an absolutely amazing and inspiring story. Um, and, you know, I'm so, um, we are, everyone at Beach is so proud to be working with you guys. Um, we love watching your videos that come in every time. And I'm sure, you know, the people listening will have seen a couple of them on Twitter and Facebook. Is there, if anyone's listening who would like to reach out and support Faulu Productions, where should I direct them? You can just come directly to us, maybe through our email or website, or you can just get in touch with you and then uh, you connect us with him. Well, thank you, Ishmael. Thank you so much for your time. Um, as I say, we're hugely proud to be working with you guys. Um, I can see that you're a real leader and the work that you guys are doing is incredibly important. And thank you very much for giving your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy to thank you for your time. See you soon, Ishmael. Bye.